Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Jude talks about earnestly contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And what is the faith that was once delivered? Is it a different faith? No. Faith is all in Jesus, by him and through him. That's the righteousness of God by faith. And the God Almighty, the Lord Jesus Christ, is open to the righteous cry. There we see in Jude, as he talks about this present truth, that's coming to be from the Pentecostal present truth, as also Peter mentions, that we will be established in the proceeding word of God, that last day faith that was once delivered to the saints. We're to earnestly contend for that. Contend is fighting the good fight of faith. But he says that the water is going to be muddy. That is going to be everything the devil can do to stop or hinder that work of the ministry. He exhorts us. In that short epistle of Jude, he states, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to run into you of the common salvation, that's to all that will hear, God's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. And we know there's wars and rumors of wars. We see that right now with Russia and Ukraine. We'll see it there focusing on China, taking Taiwan. There's many wars right now upon the face of the earth. And we see also, of course, the Iranian proxy to destroy Israel, the little Satan, and ultimately, the United States, the big Satan. All of these simply from the intent of the lust of the flesh. James 4, and that tells us exactly where these wars come from. But we know that our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. This is in the spiritual realm that we are making Warfare in the heavenlies, just as was revealed to us by Daniel. And he said immediately when Daniel had set his face toward God to know the secret that was given to him, immediately an angel was dispatched. But it took three full weeks for Daniel to receive that message. And the angel told him, that the prince of Grisha withstood me. And then after he leaves, the prince, prince of Grisha will come and withstand him. Well, we know there in the heavenlies that there are spiritual wickedness in high places. The rulers of the darkness of this world. So if the rulers of the darkness of this world are what's leading the darkness and the evil that's in the world, and any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him, then we know that our warfare is spiritual. It is in the realm of the spirit and not in the flesh. Then we have to learn that warfare. We have to learn how to overcome the devil, the world, and our own flesh. Three different categories. The devil, these... Uh, uh, doctrines of devils, the seducing spirits, the world and all that 
lust of the world, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, the lust of those eyes, and we have to put that under. And then our own fleshly desires, our own will, our own vocation of what we think we're called for, and our own volition. We have to lay that aside to do the will of God. We have to deny ourselves, our self-will, in order to do the will of God. There's many things that will hinder a believer from being able to walk in the light as Jesus is in the light and be pleasing to the Lord by faith. But you have to add to your faith virtue to be truthful with God and then add to your virtue knowledge. Of course, we know in Hosea, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Then it's through the scriptures and the knowledge of these scriptures that are able to save us. And that, that's not enough. We have to add to our knowledge temperance. Those that strive for the mastery must be temperate or self-controlled in all things. All things are the things of faith. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Then, after temperance, being self-controlled, then we have to add to our temperance patience. Then after we've done the will of God, we have need of patience that we will receive a full reward. And patience, let patience have her perfect work. And in our patience, possess you, your souls. Then we get to adding to patience, godliness. Godliness, little G-O-D, L-I-N-E-S-S, is the godlike. There's a mystery of godliness. 1 Timothy 3.16 tells us that. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, for God was manifest in the flesh. It's not transient. It is stative. It's what he did, not us. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. It's what he did. And he overcame in the flesh. He overcame the devil, the world, and his own flesh. Jesus did in his own body of flesh. And in keeping the law in every point, tempted in all points of the law, yet without sin, then became our free will sacrifice. He had to be willing to lay down his life. And doing that, he said, No man taketh my life from me. I have power to lay it down. I have power to receive it again. This I have received of the Father. Well, he did that. He took the ordinances of that law, nailed it to his cross, thereby breaking down the middle wall of partition, God in his own body of flesh and blood, glorifying his own human back to himself, working salvation in and of himself alone. And Jesus being our kinsman redeemer, being under the law, and that wall of partition being there even in the days of his flesh, showed us that we that are to overcome as he prayed to the Father, showing us how to overcome by fasting, prayer, obedience unto righteousness. And then being tempted at all points like as we are, yet without sin, then ultimately laying down his life for the sin of the world, tasting death for every man. Now he's giving us the, his spirit 
thou to every man the measure of faith, which is the righteousness of God, what he did, not us. And because of what he did, he gives us of his spirit to do the same that he did to overcome the world, the devil, and our own flesh. But we're con contending for that faith that was once delivered to the saints to grow up into Jesus in all things unto a perfect man, to the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ, in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, being in a perfect mirror image. And he says that we are to earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. But he's giving us an admonition, a warning, that there will be many seducing spirits, doctrines of devils. And as we focus on that, we have to be prepared to fight the good fight of faith. He said that there are certain men. Anytime you see certain in the word of God, we can go back to Daniel 8. This saint said unto that certain saint, how long shall it be to the end of these that the sanctuary would be cleansed? That certain saint is Palmona, the wonderful numberer, the revealer of secrets. That gives us the right to eat of the hidden manna, giving us a white stone wherein is a new name written that only he knows that receives it. That certain men have crept in against the word of God, against the proceeding word, against the faith that was once delivered to the saints that God freely gives to us according to his season and his time. We are in those days right now for the latter rain the new thing that God is doing. The new wine must be put into new wineskins. Otherwise, if we put the old wine in a new wineskin, then it will perish. And both will be perish. They're falling upon the ground, being destroyed. So we make ourselves vessels uh, there, meat for the master's use, in receiving the true wine the new wine, the proceeding word of God, the present truth. But Jude tells us, there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, to be condemned. These are vessels under dishonor. In every great house, there's vessels under honor and vessels under dishonor made for destruction. This is according to the foreknowledge of God. Not that he prepared them and made them that way, because this is the true light that led every man coming to the world. So now we're talking about free will versus uh, predestination. Well, predestination is according to the foreknowledge of God. He already knows the end from the beginning and knows the heart and even tries the reins of the heart before that even the person comes against God or comes into God. He already knows the heart. He already knows the action and the conversation of that person before they ever do it. The free will is still there. 
the volition is according to the person's thought, plan, purpose, and will that they do, either sacrificing their will and their purpose to do the will of God or staying with the Adamic nature and love the world. The choice is ours. But those that do not like to retain God in their knowledge, God already knows that they will turn against him. They will not like to retain God in their knowledge, so they will fail at that. And because of the lack of knowledge, the people perish. Well, you had to add to your faith virtue, virtue, knowledge. But they didn't like to retain God in their knowledge. Therefore, God turned them over to a reprobate mind, and God always answers according to the heart, to the human spirit. So it's up to us. If we set our affections on the things above, the heavenly things, and not on the things beneath, that's the earthly things, then we will obey God unto truth and have this faith that was once delivered to the saints. But he's warning us when it says certain in the word of God, that is palmone. That's a revealer of secrets. That's a wonderful numberer. And you have to number the number of a man, for it's the number of the beast, which is of a man, which is Kizi Stigma. It comes against the work of God that he, Jesus Christ, is come, not has come, is come in the flesh. That is the truth and how you try every spirit to see whether they are of God or not. That's 1 John 4, verse 1 through 4. Because there's many false prophets already entered into the world, then we are to try the spirits to see whether they are of God. How do we know it? Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ, that is the Spirit of God, the man Christ Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection, and being glorified with the Father's own self, going back to where he was before, just as he stated before Pilate. What and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend back up to heaven where he was before? Well, who's the Son of Man? Well, the Son of God is the Son of Man. Well, who is that and how do we know what that is? John 3.13 No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. That's the Spirit. That's the Lord. That's Christ. That's the Spirit of God. No flesh there. No second person of the Godhead. It's born in Bethlehem. Christ, the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, Christ, that spirit, manifest in a body of flesh and blood. He did it. He's done it all. We're complete in him and have need of nothing else. It, is all, it was all done on the cross. Our justification, our sanctification, and ultimate glorification. Was all paid for on the cross. Jesus made intercession for the transgressors on the cross. He shed his holy, righteous, incorruptible blood on the cross, redeemed not with corruptible things of silver and gold, but the incorruptible word of God. That's the blood. Where's the blood? In the New Testament, given for you. So by continuing in the word of God, You'll be my disciples, and you'll know the truth, 
and the truth will make you free. For there are certain men, he's saying, these are what you count up and number. Reckon up and know these things that are in the earth now, and especially in the last days, with evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse. They've crept in unawares. Who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, God knowing what they would do before they ever do it, because then God, whom he did foreknow, them he did predestinate. There's your predestination. But it's according to the foreknowledge of God. He already knows. We can't comprehend that because we, in the physical realm, are there in time and subject subject to time and space. But God's not subject to that. He knows all things uh, and not subject to time and space. Knows all that will be done, that has, is, and will be done is already known to God. And according to that foreknowledge, he did predestinate us to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That was God's predetermined counsel and his foreknowledge. And that is how he predestined things, according to his foreknowledge. Every man has a free will. They have the volition to serve God or not. And if they do not like to retain God in their knowledge, and it's always on the things of the world, then they will be, in this category, vessels under condemnation, condemned. And that is that they all might be damned who received not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Righteousness has to be obeyed by the body of Christ. For whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, him are you the servants to whom you obey. Whether of sin unto death, that's a carnally minded Christian, as the Holy Ghost, but still carnally minded on the things below, not on the things above are of obedience unto righteousness, which will yield the peaceable fruits of holiness. That's Romans 6. This condemnation are ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, unlawful, unlawful affections of the heart in the spirit of man and denying the only Lord God, and which is even our Lord Jesus Christ. The only Lord God is Jesus Christ. The and there is Kai, which means even, not and another person, through the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. Well, God is the Father. God is Christ. That's in Colossians 2, 1 through, 1 through 9. That mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ through the full assurance of the understanding of this Godhead. But these men, these certain men, foreknown of God under condemnation, unholy, wicked men, they deny the only Lord God who is, which is, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's not two lords. There's only one Lord. The Lord God is the Lord Jesus Christ. They're one and the same. 
If you say that's the Father and the Son being two different persons, then you're saying they're two lords. You're saying the Lord God and the Lord, they're two lords. Jesus referred that or referenced that and how the Pharisees messed it and could not know Christ because they did not know the doctrine. And that simply is in Matthew twenty-two forty-two. Jesus asked the Pharisees, what think you of Christ? Whose son is he? They said, well, he's the son of David. Well, that's true according to the flesh. But is that how you see Jesus? He's just a man? Or is he God? The only God. The one spirit of God. There's one body, one spirit, not two. Not a spirit junior, never has been, never will be. So Jesus, asking the Pharisees, what think you of Christ, whose son is a little S-O-N, not a capital S-O-N, a little S-O-N. They said the son of David. Notice they say the son of David in a capital S. That's the second person of the Godhead. Then Jesus said, quoting Psalm 110, verse 1, He said, then David said, the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, said unto my Lord, capital L, small case, O-R-D, the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, is the Tetragrammaton. It's the Yodah-Waha. It's Yahweh. Or, transliterated, Jehovah. That's the Lord God Almighty, the Spirit of God, with no flesh and no other God in heaven beside him. He said, I'm God alone. I know not any other. Beside me, there is no other God. There's no God, Junior. There's no other person of the Godhead. There's only one God, one person, and that is the Lord. And Jesus stated that. The Lord. Lord Jehovah, God Almighty, said unto my Lord. Now, that's a capital L, small case O-R-D. Makes a differentiation. Why? Because that is Adon. John 110, verse 1. That is Adon is the man who is God. It's God revealed in a body of flesh and blood. Still, only one Lord. And that's what Jesus is stating. The Lord is the invisible spirit of God. The capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, which is God Almighty, the self-existent eternal spirit of God. No flesh there. Said unto my Lord, that's the spirit of God, manifest as a man who made himself of no reputation, took on the form of a servant made in the likeness of man, being found in fashion as a man. God Fashion as a man is the Lord, capital L, small O-R-D, Adon, the man who is God. God manifest. Same spirit. So Jesus said, David said in the psalm, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David in spirit calleth him Lord, capital L, small O-R-D, How is he then his son? In other words, 
the man who is God, manifest in flesh, how is then he that God manifests in flesh, his son, the son of David? You have a direct flesh coming in flesh. Flesh cannot come in flesh. The Spirit, God Almighty, the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, self-existent, eternal Spirit of God did come in the flesh and was manifest. God was manifest in the flesh in the days of his flesh, 1 Timothy 3.16. He was seen of angels. He was preached unto the Gentiles. He was believed on in the world. God himself was received up into glory. And Jesus said, If David in spirit calleth him Christ, calleth him Lord, capital L, small O-R-D, the man who is God, how then is he his son? No man durst was able to answer Jesus. Neither durst any man ask Jesus any more questions. That shut their mouth forever. Why? The day could not answer. A Pharisee spirit today cannot answer. The Pharisees of today are still blinded as Jude states here, certain men have crept in unawares. They're ungodly men. They are made for destruction. And they have denied the Lord God, even the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where 99% of the external church world today have believed. They do not believe in one God. They believe in a God with three persons. But they say that's one God. You know, it's kind of like an egg with a shell, then the yolk, and then you'd have the center of the egg, and it would be three, but they're one. And they'll say it's something like your body is a body, soul, and spirit, and you're three, but you're one. We're talking spirit here. God doesn't have a body, a soul, and a spirit. God is God. He is spirit. There's no flesh there. He has many attributes. And that he is love. God is love. God, whose name is jealous. He has many attributes. God is wisdom. God is understanding. God is power. God is prudence. All the different attributes of God comprise but one spirit. And that's Genesis 1.26. They try to tell us that that is the Father speaking to the Son and the Holy Ghost. In Genesis 1.26, God said, Let us make man in our own image. Well, that's a plural personal pronoun. Granted, let us make man in our own image. Us and our plural personal pronouns. Well, is that the Father talking to the Son and Holy Ghost? Of course not. Because in the very next work, uh, verse, it dispels that. 
as a lie that there's a trinity there. Because it says in Genesis 1.27, the very next verse, that which they cut out of the word of God and cast it away. Because it gives revelation. Well, they say, well, it's a direct contradiction. No, it's not. It may be a contradiction in facts, but it's not a contradiction in truth. So God made man in his own image. Singular personal pronoun. Male and female created he, them. Singular personal pronoun. But then who's the us? Well, the us are the attributes of God, which is God is love. When he said, let us make man in our own image, all the attributes of God came forward. Love came forward. If the attribute of God, love, hadn't come forward, man could not have love. He wouldn't be in that image. Wisdom came forth. If wisdom hadn't come forth, then man would have no wisdom. We see that in Proverbs 8. I, wisdom, was daily his delight. His delight? Is that another person? No, it's another attribute, not another person. And that's where these silly men have crept in unawares for condemnation and to be destroyed, denying the only Lord God. Not really, like not realizing that they've done it, but they have. Thinking they're right. Going through a carnal knowledge of God, according to the natural mind, after the rudiments of this world and not after Christ. Christ is every office of the Spirit. Now bear with me there. First Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. At the Old Testament prophets, search diligently into the grace that should come to us, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ that was in them. There's only one Spirit, capital S, and that Spirit is Christ. Christ is that Spirit. Well, what Spirit? Are there more than one in the Spirit? No, there's only one body, one Spirit. Ephesians 4 tells us that. One body, one Spirit, one Lord. Well, there seems to be two Lords. No, there's only one Lord. The Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, is a self-existent, eternal, invisible Spirit of God. That is omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. It's everywhere. He is. That Spirit is. Now then, the Lord, capital L, small o-r-d, is the image of that invisible Spirit. Not just an image, the express image. That grace and truth came by and showed us the attributes of God manifest in the flesh. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, who is the Lord, the Christ, born in Bethlehem. Luke tells us that. Born in the city of David, who? Christ the Lord, the Spirit of God, manifest in the body of flesh and blood. Only one God. For the Lord, the Son of God, is Christ. We see that in Matthew 16. Jesus said, who do you say I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Well, the Son of the living God is the Father revealed. And Jesus said, Simon Bar-Jonah, flesh and blood have not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. 
Thou art Peter, Petros. Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But these men, certain men, that have crept in unawares, that have denied the only Lord God, for vessels of condemnation, standing against God, against the true and one and only God, Jesus Christ, coming against the Lord, that there's only one Lord, but they said, no, there's two. They denied the only God. There's only one Lord. But the Lord said unto my Lord, well, in the flesh they say there's two Lords there, which is not. And Jesus stated that in Matthew 22, 42. If David in spirit calleth that Christ, Lord, capital L, small O-R-D, the man who is God, all that spirit of God, the one and only God, manifest in flesh, how is he then his son? How are you going to put that flesh in flesh? The Pharisees could not answer. Neither durst any man ask Jesus any more questions. You remember, they said, is it lawful to pay tribute to Caesar or not? And then the Sadducees asked a question, the seven had her to wife, whose wife shall she be? But then Jesus asked that question. And it was all concerning the true Christ. Who is Christ? What is the doctrine of Christ? Well, that's a mystery of God and the Father and of Christ. Colossians 2, 1 through 9. That's the only Lord God. Christ is that spirit. First Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. All the Old Testament prophets. Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, all the way to Malachi. All of those prophets searched diligently into the grace that should come unto us, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit, capital S, only one Spirit, of Christ that was in them. Christ, therefore, is that Spirit. There's not another. And that Christ was born in the city of David, Christ our Lord. That is Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. And Jesus claimed that. He claimed it in John 10, 30. And my Father are one. Not whom, not in a union. Not a second person of the Godhead. But we are one in the self-same spirit. Not another spirit. We are that spirit. As two different offices, but only one spirit. The office of capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D is the self-existent eternal spirit of God. Omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. But the Lord, capital L, small O-R-D, is that spirit manifest in flesh. Same spirit. It's the Lord. And they're one and the same spirit, not a different spirit. It's just now manifest. Hebrews 1.3, Jesus is the express image of his person. There's only one person of God. Jesus stated that in Matthew 22, 42. Peter tells us again that Christ is that spirit. When it signified beforehand, when it testified of the sufferings of Christ, well, didn't say Christ Jr., it's Christ, the spirit, is taken on a body of flesh and blood as the same spirit. So these men have crept in unawares. They've got a council of Nicaea. They've had an ecumenical council 
under Constantine said, hey, guess what? God is three, a trinity. And that'll be the fundamental of faith. That'll be a fundamental doctrine. That was never taught in the word of God. Never has been. The spirit of God is one and is and always has been one. And Jesus Christ is that spirit. He's the Lord. Who's the Lord? Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 3, 17. The Lord, Jesus, is that spirit. Well, it's true in the days of his flesh, he was a man. But he made himself of no reputation to become that man. Philippians 2, 6. And that's what the external church world in Babylon, they're great, the mother of hearts and abominations of the world, have uh, proclamated and preached to all the world, and all nations are drunk with the wine of her fornication. God's bringing his true body back into one, to one God. And all these other certain men that have crept in unawares will be overthrown when the faith is delivered to the saints, earnestly contended for that faith that was once delivered to the saints. And they will proclaim the revelation of Jesus Christ that he alone is God in Revelation 1.8. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty. Well, somebody said, well, that's the omnipotent. That's the Almighty God. Yes, Jesus is that spirit. Whenever he came into the world, he made himself of no reputation, God himself, to work as a man. Who was it? It was God manifest. Not God Jr. manifest. God manifest. And through his death, burial, and resurrection, he fulfilled that law in every aspect of it and then took the ordinances of that law and nailed it to his cross, breaking down the middle wall of partition. Though God, who is spirit, made himself of no reputation, took on the form of a servant made in under the law, Galatians 4, verse 4, to redeem us under the law. But after he did paying, paying the price of his shed blood, then broke down that middle wall of partition that parted God from man in his own body of flesh and blood. Therefore, he worked salvation in and of himself alone. Not a second person of the Godhead. Not given Jesus the glory of the Father. And because of that, Jesus stated there in John 8, 13, the Pharisees came again. Jesus, you bear record yourself. Your record's not true. There's three that bear record in heaven, the Father, Word, and the Holy Ghost. But you're, you're not right. You're not the record. You're not God. That's what they were saying. You bear record of yourself. Your record is not true. You're not truly God. Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true because I'm not alone. Well, they couldn't see that Jesus is that invisible spirit of God manifest. That's a mystery of godliness, that God was manifest in the flesh. But now he's gone back to his former glory. Jesus stated while he was in the world, he told his disciples, I'll pray the Father to send you another comforter whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. They can't see him. But you know him. Told his disciples, you know him. For he dwelleth with you. I'm dwelling with you now. 
Christ the man. And I shall be in you, Christ the Holy Ghost, same Christ. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Jesus is the comforter. Jesus is the Holy Ghost. Well, after his death, burial, and resurrection, nothing found worthy of death in him. He will not allow his Holy One to see corruption. And the Lord God Almighty, the Father of glory, states in Isaiah 43.10, Thus saith the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, that is the Tetragrammaton, that is Yahweh, Jehovah, Yehovah, that thus saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. He has to be chosen, not just called, but chosen. That servant. Who is that servant? Well, he made himself of no reputation to become that servant. Philippians 2, 6. But who is he? The world says it's the second person of the Godhead. But God says, I want you to know, believe me, not only believe me, but understand it. Understand the Godhead. That there's only one, not three, not two, not a oneness doctrine where the man is not God, but is at the right hand of God. That he's not the quickening spirit that Paul states in 1 Corinthians 15, 45, that that first Adam was made a living soul. That second Adam, the last Adam, Jesus Christ was made a living, not a living soul, but a quickening spirit. Jesus is the quickening spirit of God. The Lord is that spirit, 2 Corinthians 3, 17. And that is exactly what Jesus states there in John 8, 13 on through 27. Jesus stated, it's written in your law. The testimony of two men is true. Isaiah said the same thing. Isaiah 43, 10. Thus saith the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen. Sounds like two that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. The Lord is that man, that servant? Yes, and he explains it. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. See now that I am God thy Savior, the Lord thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Not a holy trinity, never has been, never will be, and they deny the only Lord God. But they're deceived and do not know. But God's opening the eyes to those that have an ear to hear and believe the true God and eternal life. And he's doing that today. Come and let us return to the Lord. That's the judgments of God to reveal who he is. For when judgments, the judgments of God are in the earth, men will learn righteousness. And that is the real revelation of Jesus, who he is in the real true Jesus. We have four books written on the Godhead. One of them, Behold the Real Jesus explains in very simple detail how Christ is every office of the Spirit. Christ is the Father. He is that Spirit. He is the Word, that expression office of the Spirit. The Father's administrative office of that Spirit. The Holy Ghost is a power office of the same Spirit. The Son of God is a redemption office of that same Spirit. The Son of Man is the kingdom office of that same Spirit. But it's all Christ who is one Spirit different functions and manifestations, it's God alone. And Jesus said there in John 8, 
It's written in your law, the testimony of two men is true. I am one that beareth witness of myself. Here's your first witness. He's standing in a body of flesh. Just like us, our kinsman redeemer. And my father that sent me, he's the other man. He beareth witness of me. Who's that man? That's the spirit. The spirit of God, who is only one. We see that in John 3.13. The Son of Man Revelation is the kingdom office of the Spirit. Jesus said, if I were the finger of God, not the finger of the Son of God, if I were the finger of God, cast out devils, know ye the kingdom of God has come nigh to you. That's Son of Man. That's the Word manifest in flesh. That's the Father revealed. That's the one Spirit of God manifest in the days of his flesh. And Jesus said, I'm one that beareth witness myself. My father sent me, he beareth witness of me. And they said immediately, where is your father? We don't see him. They don't see the spirit of God, that he is the father. They don't see it. They're blinded to it. Matthew 22, 42, they didn't see it. But the true believers of God see and believe in the one God. They have denied, they have not denied the only true God in eternal life, the Lord Jesus Christ, the only Lord God. They haven't denied that. They're true believers. But the Protestant church world in most denominations throughout the world, over 23,000 different denominal Protestant churches throughout the entire world, globally, have denied that there is only one Spirit of God, no Spirit Junior. They have denied the only Lord God. Unbeknowingly, they've been taught that from these Council of Nicaea, 325 A.D., the Chalcedonian definition that the Son of God, according to the Godhead, was begotten before, begotten of the Father before the world was. Total nonsense. No scripture for it. And it's just in the notion, in the intellect of an ecumenical council in 325 A.D. and 451 A.D. And this has permeated the church world for all these centuries. And now we're coming to the end of time. God is turning us back to the faith that was once delivered to the saints and the true God and eternal life. He's doing it. We know in the Old Testament, here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Not two, not three. There's only one. Deuteronomy 6, 4, it's the Shema. That's the foundation of all scripture that you believe in one God. And this is the truth that there is only one God, not another. The son of God, Ziyaki, the only begotten, solitary, unique son of God, which is the father revealed. Not a son revealed, but the father, the spirit of God revealed. See me, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus stated that over and over again. John 14, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father, Philip? The words that I speak are not mine, the Father dwelleth, that dwelleth in me. How is this permanently in me forever, eternal world, without end? He's the one doing the works. You believe me for the work's sake. Can't you see the healing the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils, open blind eyes, loose the dumb tongue, the lame walk, kept it going free? that that is the Father of glory doing that. I cannot of my own self do nothing. It's the Father revealed. 
in the days of his flesh. The Son of God is the Father revealed. That's a true God in eternal life. The ones that, that know the only Lord God know that Jesus is the Father. They're the little children that have known the Father. First John 2, 12-14. But that's fully not gone, grown yet. Still glories to achieve in the leading of the Holy Ghost unto perfection. But that is certainly a step that must be believed to grow up into Jesus in all things. It's impossible to enter into the kingdom of heaven without confessing and knowing that Jesus is the Father of glory. He stated that in John 16. I will no more speak to you in Proverbs. I will show you plainly of the Father. Well, why? Because it was hidden. In him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Colossians 2, 1 through 9. That's a mystery of God and the Father of Christ that we are to have the full assurance and understanding of it. The doctrine of Christ. Christ is God. Christ is the Lord. Christ is every, every function of the office of the Spirit of God. He is the Father. He is the Word. He is the Holy Ghost. That's stated in 1 John 2.22. Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist. Watch it there. Something in lieu of the real Christ. It's an Antichrist in lieu of Christ. He has denied both the Father and the Son. Why? Because Christ is the Father, one Spirit. And he's denied the Son. Why? Because that one Spirit is revealed in the flesh. That office is the Son of God, which is the Father revealed. It's Christ, same Spirit. And whosoever believe that Jesus Believe that Jesus is the Christ, 1 John 5, 1, is born of God. You have to have that revelation. That's a doctrine of Christ. And we have to be established in that doctrine of Christ. And what's happened? The Antichrist coming in something in lieu of Christ has overthrown that revelation that Christ is God and there's not another. Though God is revealing his, his revelation, Jesus Christ, that he is the almighty God. <clears throat> Revelation 1.8. We see it again. There in John 8, Jesus goes on. They ask him, where is your father? You're saying you're one witness and your father's the other witness. We only see you. <clears throat> where is your father? Jesus said, if you had known me, you should have known my father also. You're from beneath, I'm from above. You're of this world, I'm not of this world. It's not the flesh he's talking about. These words spake Jesus in the treasury. No man laid hands on him because his hour was not yet come. And moreover, Jesus bringing the same discussion onward. said, I go and whither I go, you cannot come. Where will you go, Jesus? Will you kill yourself? Because well, you said, whether I go, you cannot come. Well, is he going to kill himself? And Jesus stated in John 8, 24, the bottom line, one sentence, except you believe that I am he, the father of glory. The question is, where's your father? <clears throat> Jesus stating, if you don't understand that I'm telling you, you're from beneath, 
I'm from above, the Father. You're of this world, I'm not of this world. Still telling them of the Father. He's going to tell them point blank, without a shadow of a doubt, John 8, 24. Except you believe that I am he, the Father of glory, you shall die in your sins. Now that is a profound statement. This they understood not that he spake to them of the Father. John 8, 27. They still don't understand it today. The Pharisees did not understand that. In John 8, they didn't understand it. In Matthew 22, 42. And they do not understand it today. And Jude warns us of these men that are before of old ordained the condemnation. Vessels of dishonor. And will be destroyed because they received not the love of the truth, they might be saved, but they had pleasure in this unrighteousness. What's unrighteousness? That Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. How does that work? The revelation. The grace comes to us at the revelation of Jesus. That's 1 Peter 1. He says that's where you get your grace. Paul put it another way, same truth. Romans 5, sin reigned by death. A one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. Who is that servant? The Lord God Almighty, the Father of glory. That's who the servant is. Philippians 2, 6 through 8. Isaiah 43, 10. That's who he is. That is... Jesus Christ. Who is this Jesus? Who is this Christ? Well, we see that in 2 Corinthians 3, Paul, breaking it down line by line, said, God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. And somebody said, well, is that another person of the Godhead? No. It's God manifest. His glory. God will share his glory with no one. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God not of herself. What is that revelation? What is that grace that reigns through righteousness? What he's done. The righteousness of God by faith that we are contending for that was once delivered to the saints. What was that faith that was once delivered to the saints? Very simply, Jesus is uh, God Almighty, the Christ, the only Lord God and not another. But we viewed out sepulchers there that are dead, cisterns that can hold no water, clouds without rain, trees (laughs) twice plucked up by the roots. These men have come in, crept in unawares. They're ungodly, unholy. They viewed out cisterns that can hold no water. This faith that was once delivered to the saints was the basic tenet of faith. There's only one God. And Jesus is that spirit. What is it now revealed in these earthen vessels? 2 Corinthians 3.17. The Lord, Jesus, is that spirit. Not another. Spirit of God, the Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost, Son of God, Son of Man, one spirit. And then gives us the law. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. What is that? That's the law of liberty. It leads us and guides us into that revelation. 
that was once, that faith that was once delivered to the saints. All the work of God that he does with judgment to the lion and righteousness to the plummet is for one eternal purpose, to reveal his eternal, everlasting name above every name. Jesus Christ is God. He's the Lord to the glory of the Father. That's the reason for all the judgments of God in the earth to have us return to him and be saved. But these men have crept in unawares. They're ungodly. They're vessels of condemnation. They've denied the only Lord God. And we, the body of Christ, are coming back into that faith that was once delivered to the saints. We know that he is the Father of glory. We know the Son of God is the Father revealed. That is the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave in him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Not only this person that he is God, but the work that he's going to do in the last days through this work of judgment. Judgment laid to the line, righteousness to the plummet. Let's don't be deceived. God's calling his true body, even though that we've been entrenched in this false doctrine of Trinity or binitarianism, or tunis, or oneness doctrine, where the man is not God, but stands at the right hand of God, not giving him the glory that man has been made a quickening spirit. We see that in Acts 36. Let all the house of Israel know surely that same Jesus whom you crucified. That's the man, Christ Jesus. God hath made him both Lord and Christ. The Lord Jehovah God Almighty, Christ, the Holy Ghost, which is now in us. Christ is that spirit. Who is that servant that he chose? It's God himself. Isaiah 43.10, read it. You'll see it. All through the word of God, there's only one God. There's only one spirit. There is no spirit, junior, no son of God, begotten before the foundation of the world as the Chalcedonian definition, which is a total belligerent lie, a gross lie. And God's calling his true body. Those that have a true heart, they're not established. They want the truth. They've been sitting in a Trinity church. I was one. And I sit there, and as I sought the Lord, knowing that I was called to preach and did not understand that until I was 27 years old, then I sat down and read the Word of God for three years. My wife went to work and paid the bills. Well, I had two children, young children, age six and three. But she paid those bills and I read and I saw, oh my Lord. These men have crept in, were earnestly contended for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. What faith did they have? The faith that Jesus is God. He's the only Lord God. There's not another. But we breached that. We breached that wall. We've hewed out these cisterns that we think holds the water of truth, and they're broken. They're clouds with no rain, no truth. They're trees with no rooted and grounded in the doctrine of Christ. We've lost it, but God's given it back. Come and let us return to the Lord, for he hath torn, he will heal us. He has smitten, he will bind us up. After the second day, he will revive us. In the third day, he will raise us up, and we will live in his sight. If we follow on to know the Lord, not stopping, going all the way, running this race to receive 
He said, if we fall on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning, that morning star. And he will come to us, the parousia, as the rain, former and latter. Christ's in you, the hope of glory. Who is in you? Christ is. Well, who is Christ? Well, Ephesians 4 tells us there's one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is above all the father of us all and in us all. Well, I thought Christ was in us. Yes, Christ is the father in us. Yes. Now you're seeing that we have breached the word of God. Jesus telling us, earnestly contend for that faith that was once delivered to the saints. And when you do that, he will lead you and guide you into all truth, not only the person of Jesus, having that correct, that there's only one God, and Jesus is that person. He is God revealed and the Son of God, which is the Father revealed. Then he'll show us his work. But without that, knowledge that he is the Father, everything else is on sinking sand. We have to dig deep. You have to go through the worldly sand, the earthly religions, and dig deep through all of that. The seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, get down to the doctrine of Christ. Found that rock. And when you find that rock, then build your house, your calling, your purpose, your, the will of God for you. Build it on that rock. And when the storms come and the winds blow and the floods beat against your house, it will stand because it's founded upon a rock. Contact us. We'd love to meet you. God's doing it now. We brought this doctrine of Christ to Africa since 2012. We have over 1,000 ministers there in Africa alone, Ghana, Kenya, those nations that have come to the meetings and the crusades and conferences. Some of them having 10, 12 churches of peace under their leadership that they have founded. And they said, we did not know this truth. It's self-evident that Jesus is the Father, as proclaimed in the scriptures, the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Went back and told their churches, we now are in the true Jesus, and they brought this doctrine of Christ. God is doing it now. Join us. You can write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or you can join us there, download the app, Sailing God's People, and tune in to our podcast. Well, you're also invited to our private website, where all are welcome, at www.jcic.tv. That's where we have our daily streaming at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time in the United States. And it's all over social media in every area, jcic.tv. And join us. You'll be given a username, password, you register, and then you can give your comments and ask questions if you would like. We're doing that seven days a week, 2 2 p.m. daily. Also join us there. I have the seven e-books there that I have authored on DennisBeard.org, a website there. We'd love to meet you. If you feel a call of God and a work of the ministry, 
give us a problem. God's doing it now, but we're bringing his body together. It's a body movement. And every, each individual part, given according to the measure of faith that God has given to each member for the work of the ministry. God dealing with you, let's get together, and the nations are calling. Well, we love to hear from you. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.